0: My guest on this week's episode of Sets Search is Christian Bannister, director of product and marketing at Bright Local. Christian is a popular blogger, podcaster, and a veteran digital marketer with over a decade of experience. He is the host of the terribly impressive podcast, Ventures in Local Marketing, where he's interviewed a who's who of the top local SEOs in the world, covering a range of topics, for those outside of local SEO, it's hard to overstate how important Bright Local is for the local SEO community. I can personally vouch for the effectiveness of their tool suite, which we've used at Search Lab for many years now. What really separates Bright Local is how much high-quality content they generate on their site. Bright Local is constantly coming up with new webinars, compelling blog posts, they've got a learning academy, which is truly excellent, and the man at the center of building that community is Christian Bannister. Before I dive into the local marketing stuff, I'm going to start our conversation asking him a general marketing question. How do you build a real, genuine community with your target audience? This is something I think Bright Local's done an amazing job at. It's also got to be extremely difficult to do marketing for a marketing SaaS company. We'll dive into how Christian approaches the work and what we can expect from the team at Bright Local in the future. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a conversation with Christian Bannister. We'll talk about the Bright Local tool suite, we'll talk a little bit about how SMBs can generate more and better reviews, and we'll spend some time talking about how Christian is adjusting to Google My Business rebranding to Google Business Profile. Christian Bannister, welcome to Sousin Search. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks, Mark. Really appreciate you having me on. Happy to have you on. Um, I'm in local SEO and I have this terrible habit whenever I have somebody in the industry on of skipping over important information. Like I know Bright Local very well, but maybe some of the audience doesn't. To kind of get us started, tell about tell us about the company you work for and what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, sure. So yeah, we're Bright Local. Uh, we're a software company. So we provide software and services and it's all 100% focused on local SEO. Uh, We're based in Brighton in the UK, but the vast majority of our customers are over in the States, uh, going for around 12 years now. And over that time, you know, we've grown the business, expanded the product and kind of try to stay focused on local SEO. Obviously, there's lots and lots of SEO software out there, uh, but we try to look at what we think local SEOs really need and also make sure that we're providing the data that's really specific to say the local search algorithm.
0: Well, you've got an interesting challenge, it seems to me, because your audience at Bright Local is like many things. On the one hand, you've got agencies like Search Lab who could be your customer. Then you've got SMBs who maybe aren't as sophisticated. Uh, and then you've got franchise or multi-location businesses who maybe have a whole marketing department that could come to you guys. You know, is the guy responsible for marketing these this business? How do you craft a message for these, uh, these three different audience segments?
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. And actually, this is something that we've spoken about quite a bit at Bright Local over the last year or so. I think in the early days, it was, you know, let's acquire customers, let's try and acquire anyone. And what we saw is you get a lot of agencies, which makes up about 70% of our customer base. Um, You get a lot of those small business owners. um, And then you do get some of the the big multi-location businesses and franchises and I guess what we've realized is that it's really hard to serve all of those types of customers before you even think about how you're marketing the business. So an agency professional, you know, you know, a die-hard uh, SEO, you know, they want the deep data, they want the insights. They know they know their way around lots of different marketing analytic platforms whereas the small business owner You know, they might not know much about marketing at all. They're going to be on a very steep learning curve when it comes to SEO. So you basically are in a situation where you don't want to dumb it down for the agency professionals. But you also realize that, you know, it can be overwhelming for the business owner. So that's a, a question we've asked ourselves. And really what we see as the kind of core customer base is, the agency professionals and and generally when we're looking at you know how we take the product forward that's where we're starting. We also know that there's a, a really good opportunity with those multi-location businesses. They are they are dealing with scale. Um, they also generally are you know quite understaffed and resourced. So you might have like maybe one marketer in a gigantic organization who's trying to deal with hundreds of locations. So we we think there's some really really good problems to solve there. And so, with the business owners, it's not like we're going to turn them away. We we want to help as many people as possible become experts in SEO and and grow their business, uh, whether it's relying on our content or our, our products. Uh, but we also realize that you know we can't build a product that probably does everything for everyone. So, yeah, really good question. Uh, one that you know we think a lot about, and one that really is. of shifted the direction of what we're doing and where we want to head
0: well I, i want to compliment you on something else that you guys have done i think one of the hardest things as a marketer is to build a community right so to have a community of people who are brand ambassadors and those sorts of things so you guys have done this amazing job of having all the top people in local seo appear whether it's on webinars or in blogs or uh at the academy but all the top names are are participating in this I wonder if you could discuss how important it is to build a community and how how you went about connecting with a local SEO community at Bright Local.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a really important part of what we try to do in the marketing team. I kind of like to think of us as say like TED, like uh, we we're you know we're experts in some aspects of local SEO, but we're not on the front lines doing it day in day out. We haven't got to prove results to clients, you know, in order to keep revenue coming in. So what we rely on is those experts uh, like, you know, like Greg, obviously at, at SearchLab and so many more who who are doing it day in, day out. They can uh, take what they see on the front lines and, and then obviously speak really, really intelligently about that. And so for us, we want to obviously give uh, those people a platform, you know, to, to obviously spread the word about their agency or what they're doing. But ultimately, it comes down to just like being decent people that people want to collaborate with so we foster a community by being you know who we are as a business you know so uh yeah that that's generally how we we look at it it's like the experts are there really to provide an element of our content that you know, we, we don't actually think is our strong suit. You know, we we rely on those experts to tell us, you know, what are the nuances that are happening when you're working with a client? You know, what's on the cutting edge of what's happening in local SEO? Because we think that's going to be really, really beneficial for our audience uh, to learn about.
0: Well, I love it. And I, I think you guys do create a lot of content too. It's not, it's not totally just the, the experts. So I want to point to, you know, like, there's this great article I just read before I was on here. Uh, the, the gentleman's name was Patrick Bond. It was about the vicinity update. It was research based. It was about, mm-hmm. um, you know, name, your, your name in in the now Google business profile uh, and how that how that was impacted by the vicinity update. Talk to me about these research project projects, how important this is. This can be this is a, an SEO tactic that people could take away and learn from Bright Local on, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, on that piece, yeah, it's it's really um one of our strong uh strong skills, I guess, in the business. Um there's a few advantages that we have. Firstly, within our platform, obviously we've got loads and loads of uh data about local businesses. So Uh, you know, all of that's obviously anonymized, you know, we don't put it out there and we're not actually saying what particular businesses are doing in local SEO. But, you know, that's a real advantage that we have uh, when it comes to research, we can get access to location data for, you know, hundreds and thousands of locations. But fundamentally, research at Bright Locals, it's been baked into the business pretty much from day one. So if we rewind all the way to 2010, when it was Miles and Ed are co-founders. So Miles, our CEO, was just doing the research himself as a way of wow. getting Bright Local's name out there. And there's one in particular, the Local uh, Consumer Review Survey. It's really stood the test of time. So we've been doing that now for 12 years. And as the name suggests, it's it's looking at you know consumer trends, perceptions around online reviews. And for us it's like it's got real longevity um it's always interesting to the audience and now we've got to the point where we've got like 12 years worth of data and benchmarks so we can look at obviously year on year comparisons and kind of spot trends um as they're developing within the industry uh, so, and we also try to freshen it up so we're not we're not trying the same thing over and over again uh, so this year we had a deep dive on fake reviews so we wanted to know how savvy are consumers to the existence of fake reviews. You know, are they seeing them online? And if so, where? And and a lot of it was, you know, really focused on the likes of Google, Facebook, Amazon, and are they actually doing enough uh, to to restrict fake reviews? And what then is the knock on effect in the trust in, in those businesses? And then in online reviews overall. So it's been a core part of our marketing and SEO strategy. And really it, it is like I, I basically dub it as the it's like a a link generating flywheel for us so i'd really like to dive into that if yeah if you want to know more about it
0: yeah I, i would because i i think that's that's the idea in a lot of industries 12 years might not seem like but that's like a eternity in seo to have that sort of data could create that sort of a flywheel effect right i mean what 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 is the the nature of having that sort of data Getting the thing going, it must have taken. It must have been tough for Miles in those early years, but now you've kind of got a machine running and humming and getting some some links back to it. Is it? Is my understanding correct?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's 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 the one that's probably the best example of the flywheel. But actually, uh, a lot of our research, we try to think of it uh, that way. Um, so I guess the idea of a flywheel, you know, it's it's not new and unique uh, within marketing. I think it was HubSpot who really popularized it and it's the idea of you know you put energy in and it retains that energy and, and kind of speeds up so basically how a flywheel works um so for us it, it's it's the sense of you know we've got this content and um you know we we kind of think of it in in kind of like three stages uh, so the first stage is is the initial push so we've got some new research and we obviously need to let people know about it and so what we'll do, we'll do the kind of usual push through our own channels, whether it's email or social media, and then we'll look at who can help amplify it. So one of the benefits of building a community is you've got obviously a lot of experts who you have good relationships with and we'll reach out to them you know we'll share the research with them sometimes we'll invite them in to give their take on it so they can be part of it as well and then we do the kind of classic outreach to industry websites like you know search engine journal search engine land And if we think actually it's it's particularly newsworthy, you know, we might even go like higher tier kind of national and and international media publications. So that's kind of the first push. It's like we've got to let people know about this, Um, and then the second part is repurposing. So uh, with the uh, local consumer review survey, you know, we gather so much data there. And we ask things like demographic information. And that then gives us an opportunity to dive back into that data and slice and dice it based on uh, different uh, generations, uh, different age groups, and see if there's any new insights. And then obviously, there's the repurposing of taking the content and put it into different formats. So creating videos, creating more short form stuff uh, to just really generally help boost the overall awareness of the research and, you know, give opportunities for that to drive traffic and drive links. And so then that's the kind of way you put the effort, you know, you've got to obviously create the content, you've got to do the promotion, but then when it gets easy, it's basically, you know, that content sits there and it's being found by journalists. It's being found by bloggers who are hungry for this sort of data for their own pieces. So in turn, you know, they go and write a piece and uh, they they link back to us if, if they're if they're nice um, and obviously that then helps that piece get more exposure. Uh, it helps it obviously increase the chances of ranking. And we do often think about well, okay, how are people going to find this on search? So we will do some initial keyword research, but we also you know we'll go back and look at you know what keywords are we maybe ranking on the fringes of the first page or, or the top slots, and we might go back and optimize that. Beyond that, we also um, get people reaching out to us, uh, wanting to do interviews uh, about the data and about the insights of it. Uh, We get invited to do bylines on stuff. So really the starting point is one piece of research, but then it just has this kind of flywheel effect. And the beauty of it is really that we're now in a position that when we're releasing research, we firstly uh, built up a really good stand-in in the industry for creating high quality research. You know, we've created, good relationships with journalists because we provide high quality content that they want to then talk about to their audience. And then all of the links, obviously, that have been amassed by these research pieces just generally mean that when you're writing the next one, you got a good chance of that ranking highly to begin with. And so the local consumer research pieces, I think it's got something like 18,000 referring domains now. <laughs> and we do a few tricks oh, along the way. God. So what we do is we always keep the same URL uh, so the the, yeah. the previous piece we'll put that on a new URL. So this is like one URL that's amassed tons and tons of links. And if you know if you go to search for, say, you know, online review statistics, you know, we've got a really good chance of ranking for that. Um so yeah, overall it's it's probably the thing that has helped Bright Local grow its search visibility the most. And it also has that ripple effect for other things that we might want to rank for. So it kind of starts with research but then with all of those links and that authority comes the opportunity for other link, uh, other content to be found and then linked to. So yeah, that, the ripple effect is, uh, is pretty huge on it.
0: Well, there, there are so many lessons in that story because there's the lesson of how to do link building, how to keep up your content, how to uh, just, how to, how to do blocking and tackling and SEO to make sure you don't change the URL. I love this. Um, you know, listen, Christian, I, I do want to highlight some tools you guys have. Um, and and I, I think one of the real challenges that local SEOs have is any tool can spit out rankings and they can tell you where you rank on a, mm-hmm. on a page. But they're, it's not always very actionable, right? Like, I think this is hard to understand across every facet of SEO now. It's not 10 blue links world any longer. But in local SEO, it's especially challenging because of the proximity signal. You know, you guys have Mm -hmm. a local search grid tool that you're going to market with. How does this tool help, you know, local SEOs use ranking data and make it more meaningful for us?
1: Yeah, um, really good question. Tell you what, we've got about 15 minutes in. I haven't actually opened my can of beer, so. Oh, please
0: Take a sip and yeah.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just about late enough on a Friday for for me to be able to tuck into that. Yeah. So the local uh, search grid tool really uh, it's something that we'd seen, you know, uh, others, you know, doing and and gaining a lot of traction with SEOs. And, you know, while we aren't, you know, just purely looking to competitors, we always want to know, well, what's the demands of the industry? You know, what are the the things that our customers and others uh, like our customers really need to help them do their job better? And it kind of, it plays uh, two roles. Um, The first is that it's like, it is, you know, that super deep insight on really what the real world ranking looks like for a business. So you can set, you know, a geolocation um, for a keyword, let's say, uh, you know, my hometown, Brighton in the UK, Uh but like, you know, Proximity doesn't just think of Brighton, right? It thinks of all of the places you might be searching from in Brighton. So you can return someone a keyword ranking, say plumber in Brighton of uh, fourth place. Um, and But that is that actually what's being experienced throughout Brighton? You know, Is that if somebody's searching uh, within a half mile radius of the business? So really, the first thing is, can we actually reflect as much as possible the real world rankings that happen based on where someone's searching. Because you know, as SEOs, everyone really knows it's like, okay, you're ranking, but what you really want is the lead. And what you really need is the traffic to be coming to your site or people to be engaging with your Google business profile. So if you're limited by a single data point, you might not know Firstly, like, is this actually driving as much impact as it could have? Or on the flip side, you might miss the opportunity, or you might miss when, say, a algorithm update happens, and actually, it might look good in your traditional rank tracker. But the reality is, and as we've seen with the the, uh, the proximity um, tweaks that have happened with the vicinity update, you know, you might have actually lost quite a bit of search of visibility, you know, over your area. So that's that's really the first one. It's like, can we arm people with as much data as possible to understand how their businesses are actually appearing when people are searching? And the second one we found is it's a super useful tool for agencies to communicate really easily with clients, whether that's trying to prospect them and saying, look, here's the situation, run in a report quickly, you know, you really want to rank for this keyword. Look, this is what the situation is. Yeah, when you search in your business, it might look great. You might be in the local pack, right? But that's not the reality. And this is what it looks like for all of the people who are searching in your city. So, you're not really on the map apart from if you're standing straight outside your door. And then the next part is when you're actually communicating the impact that you've had to a client. So, you know, we've got a timeline function that allows you to see how that's changing and, you know, you can grab that and show it to a client. So, when you started working with them, this was a situation, you know, three months in, this is where you've got to six months in. And ideally, what you see is, you know, the traffic light go from red to green. And that's really powerful. We find that our agency customers find it so easy to then communicate the impact they're having because it's really easy for the average local business owner to understand.
0: I love this. So I, another tool I want to highlight. Uh, I got introduced to Bright Local because of your citation tools. Um, you've now built out a suite of citation tools, not just one. Uh, but. In January, you wrote a post about the new and improved Citation Builder report. Uh, mm-hmm. I have some familiarity with this tool, but for people who have some familiarity with with it, uh, tell us about some of the new bells and whistles.
1: Yeah, nice. Uh, this kind of comes back to, I guess, communicating value uh, to clients, but also communicating how we communicate, you know, the status of reports to our customers. And if I'm honest, like the old ones absolutely stank. You know, they, they, were, they were very basic in design. They weren't very easy to understand. And if someone's paying for a service, you want to have real clarity on where uh, a campaign's at or ultimately what's been delivered within a campaign. So we saw that as a real sticking point. Um, and we thought, well, you know, that's a really big part of what that service needs to do. You know, they can obviously trust us to deliver a good service, but they need that proof point. So we looked to really improve that so people can understand what the timeline is. And obviously when a citation campaign is underway, you know, there can be hiccups, right? There might be data that we're missing, or we might need somebody to verify uh, a listing themselves. Uh, so it also is like the port of call for them to get um, alerts about things that they might need to take. and. Uh, you know, before it might have been a bit of back and forth trying to track down a customer exchanging uh, information via email. But here it really empowers uh, the customer to go in and resolve those as well as kind of giving them the visibility of how their campaigns moving overall. And for us, we know that the biggest challenge that a local SEO or anyone in marketing has is is a lack of time. And a lot of what we do in our product is just saying, how can we help people save time, claw back time? Where are our products being inefficient? Where are the workflows that could be a bit better? And you know, if we if we can make all of those incremental gains to save in people time, we think that's the big thing that's gonna make our customers' lives a lot easier.
0: All right. Well, one last question about tools. Uh I'm fond of, of quoting my friend Blake who says that no one can outrank a lousy reputation. So even if you're not in local SEO, you probably know that reviews are very, very important for your business, and they have a big impact on the bottom line. Uh, this is the sort of work that us at Searchlight we do this with our clients every day, try and get them, you know, more reviews and a, a higher, you know, sentiment in those reviews. How can people use Bright Local to increase the quality and quantity of their reviews?
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's a great question. I think uh, the first point is you've got to be committed to having a great online reputation. Uh, we find that a lot of agencies, they they can, for some reason, they, they can struggle to sell it into local businesses. And you'd hope that that's the one thing a local business can connect to really easily in terms of what's impactful in local SEO. And you, know, you don't want like one-star reviews you know you don't want to have a low average star rating you would you use a business that has like 1.8 star rating no so it should be a really easy no, no. sell um, so yeah it should be an easy sell for agencies but we know that you know they still do struggle for it so the first point is obviously being able to provide that data and give context uh, to to the client so what a reputation manager does is it basically aggregates all of the the reviews and all of the review sites into a single dashboard so you can really just show this is the situation you know here's how it breaks down by site but you know your business is like a 3.2 and obviously you can run that for competitors and really show how that compares so it's like well you know if you were your customer would you be using you with a 3.2 or uh, your your competitor with a 4.5 so that's the first part second part obviously is Well, if you haven't got a good star rating or you're just really lacking reviews, you obviously need to be out there generating reviews. And obviously, the simple way to do that is just to ask and we. Give people a tool that makes that easy so mm-hmm. you can either do it on a one-to-one basis or you can do a bulk send to your customer base and send them an email send them an sms it's a really simple flow for that end user to go through leave feedback and then hopefully go on and leave a public review there's also uh the ability to generate links so you know businesses could have it on their website they could send mm-hmm. it in their own follow-up emails have it in their staff's uh, signature on their email and then there's finally, there's, you know, for those brick and mortar locations, uh, obviously now things are opening up again. Uh, that's great. So you can have set up a kiosk and actually capture that in store. Or if it's, a, say, a service area business where people are out on calls, they could have it on their phone or have a, an iPad. So they can actually do that when they're speaking directly to the customer. So obviously, yeah, you want to get more reviews. We've got some tools that make it uh, really easy uh, to manage that at scale. And then the second part uh, is, uh, just being res- able to respond to them. I mean, we did our own uh, we did our own dive into that actually in the local consumer review survey and it- I'll try and remember the data around it, but it was almost overwhelmingly s- saying that like, I think it was something like a quarter of um, people would just like not choose a business that doesn't respond to any reviews. Wow. And I think this is a big thing that a lot of people don't think about, right? It's just like, it's not just, how you deal with the negative ones, but actually really appreciating the positive experiences that one of your customers is sharing publicly. It should be a no brainer really to just give them a thanks. Um, so that's the, the other part. So being able to obviously see all your reviews in one place. Uh, we have integrations with uh, Google Business Profile and Facebook, so you can be able to respond directly within the platform, obviously makes it really quick and easy. And then obviously just going through to those other sites. So you can make sure that you're just basically on top of all of the reviews. I think, you know, everyone should really be trying to respond to every review that comes in. Uh, it, it's just good practice and it reflects so well on Uh, potential customers who might be researching your business.
0: I completely agree. And I think it's a, it should be easy, right? And so I'm happy that you've made it even easier with this tool and uh, look forward to seeing more of that stuff in in the industry. There's, there's always something new going on at Bright Local. I want to compliment you on the Bright Local Academy. We talked about it off air and now I'm I'm talking about it here. A few episodes ago I had Claire Carlisle on. So this is how I got introduced to the, to the the Academy and Claire is like this brilliant SEO. The course is super well produced. It's really well done. It's full of really good information. You've got like a who's who of of local SEOs, Nikki Moser, Amanda Jordan, and now Search Lab's own Greg Gifford will have a course by the time this episode airs. So, you know, I, I, I'm i happy to, to preach about it, but I'd like our audience to hear from you. Tell us about the Academy, what they'll find there.
1: Yeah, so the Academy has been around now for, um over a year, and it kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is um, giving people the data is all well and good, but you know, what do I do with that data? Uh, and that's a big thing that could be a stumbling block for someone both succeeding in local SEO and succeeding with our product. And our goal really is to help marketers be brilliant at local SEO, that's our mission that we talk about. And the academy is a key part of that. So when we first started it, you know, we we actually pointed it specifically at our products. So while we obviously want to make sure that our products are intuitive and easy to use and insightful as possible, you know, to see success in it, you got to go away and do something. So we can give you all of the insights and all of the data, but you need to know where you go next based on that data. Uh, so we really saw it as a way to, at scale, help you know level up our customers understanding of how our products can help them solve problems so we give the full context of you know what you need to build into your online review strategy so it's not just go here click here upload your emails you know that's not really what we are interested in we want to give people the tool but we also want to arm them with the knowledge so they can be really fantastic at local seo and then the second part is, okay, well, how do we expand people's knowledge beyond what they can do with our tools? So a lot of the courses, they might not even mention Bright Local, and we're absolutely fine with that. This isn't about selling mm. Bright Local. This is about leveling up more people in the industry, which is why you bring in the experts to help us do that. And the way we see it is it's just like, well, it, it's great for our brand authority. Um, you know. And the more people we can level up and educate about how to do local SEO, the better for the industry as a whole. And ultimately that will hopefully help us grow as a business because when it comes to the point where they might need a product uh, like ours, you know they obviously have a strong association with us. They'll know that we create quality content and they'll come to us. So it's very much a, a brand building exercise, but we also get loads of customers who, who, who sing the praise of the courses. Um, yeah, it's probably been like one of our biggest initiatives And it was building on top of the fact that like educational content at Bright Local is is core to what our marketing strategy is. Uh, It's very rare that we're writing content that's plugging our products, you know, talking about how great we are. We think actually the thing, the real difference we can make beyond our products is helping people get better at local SEO. And if they do that without Bright Local, that's fine. But our customers armed with our tools and and the right knowledge we view that as what's really going to make us successful as a business uh and the academy you know it's not to say like there's not educational content out there right there's there's tons of sites tons of seos who are great at creating great content but the thing i think with you know a lot of things like blogs is it's all very disparate right it's you know, you can read the latest blog post, but there's there's not really the context of where that fits into other things you might be right. doing. You know, there's no journey when you go onto someone's blog because it's usually chronological. So there's no starting point. And so what the academy does is it, it guides you through a different topic. So you might come in knowing absolutely nothing, and by the end, hopefully, you've got a really well-rounded knowledge of the topic. And obviously, it's it's videos, it's quizzes, it's all the stuff that really helps. Uh, the, the viewer engage with it and ultimately helps that stuff stick so we we don't think of it purely as theory it's like theory and practice and ideally it really shortcuts that in a big way
0: yeah i i completely agree with the sentiment too that the, the a rising tide raises all boats so this is wonderful well i to wrap up i i just i have to ask you uh how are you all adapting to gmb becoming gbp are you slipping and calling it GMB less and less these days? How's how that going at, at Bright Local?
1: Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah, we, we had that discussion pretty much as soon as the news landed. And it's just like, okay, do we just have to go and do find and replace on our whole website? And the one thing, the one thing that we did look at actually is how long did it take from uh, it changing from uh, Google Places to, to GMB for actually the search trend to overtake? And it was something like six years for Google Places to have less search uh, volume uh, than Google My Business. So while we want to make sure we're calling it the right thing, so we're educating people on what it should be called, we did also look at our SEO and think, okay, well, if we make this move too quick, are we going to lose traffic? So we're kind of in that in-between of... Uh, referring it to as Google Business Profile, also known or previously known as Google My Business, but there's so many places. I mean, anyone who works in local SEO, you know, knows that it's all about you know, Google My Business or Google Business Profile. So there's quite a bit to unpick. Uh, we're probably, you know, we're probably pretty good on the content side of things. Uh, we probably have to think about, you know, how we talk about it in the product. But ultimately, we hope that given that that uh, Google search trend that showed that it took a very long time. Uh, for Google, my business to be the predominant thing that people call it, uh, I think we've got a little bit more time before you have to completely wipe that off the board.
0: Well, listen, I mean, we're 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 short on time here, but I I just I've really enjoyed the conversation. Everything you guys are doing at Bright Local, if they, if anyone listening wants to learn more about your tools or engage with more of your content, what's the best way they they could reach out to you or to get connected with Bright Local?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Best thing to do is head to brightlocal.com or academy.brightlocal.com if you want to jump into the academy obviously greg's course is there and there's there's a ton of a, a, extra courses there that um, that are sure to really help uh level up your knowledge of local seo uh my kind of social network of choices uh twitter so uh, i'm b-n-n-s-t-r uh i came a bit too late to get a good handle so if you follow there, or obviously just follow bright local on twitter they're probably posting a lot better things than me
0: all right well we'll make sure to link to all of it christian i'm going to sign off for now we'll be back next week for another episode of says and search let me give you a virtual cheers cheers enjoyed the conversation we'll, we'll catch up with you next time okay thanks
1: mark it's been a pleasure